0: click on the big red button and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Amelia Nagy. Amelia, welcome to the show. Hi, Ken. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Oh, it's great to have you here. And for all you listening, let me just tell you, Amelia is on a mission. She's on a mission to lead fierce visionaries into unapologetic, conscious love, divine service, and global impact by partnering powerfully with an amazing man and all men. Amelia actually stands for the spiritual, political, social, and economic power of all women, supported fully by the men who love them. She's the founder of Worthy of Love, and scared, I'm sorry, and sacred partnership love movement, and she's a certified Alison Armstrong uh, uh, teacher, practitioner, and she's been featured on a number of different podcasts and and summits. She lives in San Diego with her husband, her soulmate, and twin flame, Emil, and their five-year-old daughter, Alessandra, plus their Rottweiler, Bernie. I love that name. Amelia, do me a favor. Would you just take a minute, give us a glimpse into how you got started on this path of, of partnering powerfully with men?
1: I got started on this path because I was a dating disaster and a major drama queen when it came to relationships. And I struggled profoundly with connecting meaningfully with men.
0: So what was the turning point for you?
1: The turning point for me was a vision. I'm, you know, I'm going to bring the woo-woo out and I'm going to share a time that I was doing a shamanic journey and I saw what was possible for me. I had asked my guides and God and the spirit world to show me where I was going wrong and what was happening for me that wasn't working. And I saw, experienced, felt in that moment what was possible, what was available, what men actually had to give. Until that definitely spiritual experience, I did not did not even believe that something outside of my reality was possible for me. I saw other people having it, but I mm-hmm. didn't think it was possible for me. I didn't think I was worthy of love. Um, I've grown up with a lot of emotional abuse in my family of origin and a lot of um, pieces missing when it came to harmonious relationships. And so, yeah, that was a turning point that inspired me to get help. And I ended up shortly after in one of Allison Armstrong's in- initial workshops that Share basically about her work and about men, and I had some major breakthroughs in that workshop, and that was in 2006. And (laughs) I've been studying with her ever since. And now I'm certified, a certified coach by PAX and a partner of PAX as well. And so here it is now, all these years later, and I I have somehow become an expert in this area. And I guess what I want to say about that primarily is that you know every master. Was once a disaster.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's very, very true. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody starts out at the top of the ladder. We got to work our way up. That is so, so true. So yes. I love that journey, and uh, and trust me, you're you're not even scratching the surface of woo-woo that we've done on this show. So don't worry about oh, okay, it. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you though, because I mean, obviously, you've been practicing this for a long time now. That's that's what thirteen years. That's that's a lot of t- chunk of life. And for you personally, like, what's your favorite? I call it a guiding principle. Some people call it a quote or a mantra or a touchstone. But what's that? That thing that you always come back to in your partnership whenever you feel like maybe you've kind of gotten off track?
1: Thank you. I love that question. And it's so simple. And it really is that love, love like real honest love, real honest connection is so natural. It's so organic. It's something that we know how to do, we understand this, it's, it, it's in us, it's in our spirit, it's in our DNA. What's wrong is that we receive a gazillion of conflicting messages about who men are, about who women are, about who we are, about what, what our self-worth is determined by. And all of these conflicting messages cause so much confusion but none of that is who we truly are. And throughout the time that I've been learning and practicing this, and I know Allison says this too, it's like taking away more than you put in. It's just taking away the misconceptions, clearing out the wounds, clearing out the limiting, limiting beliefs or ideas, especially about what's possible, what's possible between men and women. So that is the, the, the thing I come to over and over again is that it's, It's there. The blueprint is there. It's like the Michelangelo statue, you know, I just have to chip away the marble of the fake things that society and culture and media puts on us.
0: I love that. Yeah, because it really is. I mean, it's the foundation of everything. And I'm curious because you mentioned something that's very, very true and very, unfortunately, debilitating is all the misinformation that's out there, all the misrepresentations of men and women and relationships and how we have to interact and all that kind of stuff. What do you find is the like the most effective way to get clear of that?
1: Yeah, it's so amazing, Ken, because I honestly can tell you I have tried a lot of things, having been a disaster.
0: <laughs> and... <laughs>
1: There's, I feel that there's healing and truth and, and beautiful gifts to be found in so many paths. And like the truth is the truth is the truth. So you can arrive to the truth of who we are, the beauty of who we are through yoga, through meditation, through, through chanting, through traveling the world, through career, career and serving others through your career, through Maybe even exploring an, a very strenuous exercise routine, where you're challenging yourself daily and having to really dip into those spiritual reserves to get to where you want to go. So, I mean, I I really can't say that there's that one thing that you know is the 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 it, the be mm-hmm. all and end all. I you know for me, it's been a com- combination of many many things. And so, I think for anyone who's seeking guidance, and truth, the the main place to go is within, is within our hearts. So whatever helps you do that, walks in nature, painting, dancing like crazy naked, yoga, like whatever it is that lets you do that, that's the thing to do. Now, it doesn't mean that along that path, you won't encounter teachers that really have got some profound, incredible gifts for the world, and maybe some teachers that maybe you're like really good at marketing, but maybe don't necessarily have profound transformational tools, you know? And so again, that's where you have to go in and use your own discernment and connect in with your own heart, your own truth. And certainly Allison and her work was that for me. I mean, you know, she's like, to me, she's like the Tony Robbins of relationships. So studying with her has been profound in, in so many ways and has allowed me to not only build my own sacred partnership with my husband, but also help many other women who are wanting to create that in their life on their journeys of healing and dating and stripping away those beliefs. But definitely having a source for truth and having a source of support and having a source of integrity whether that's a family member or your dog I mean my dog is a source of compassion and integrity for me you know there's I mean I just I don't want to say like there's just this one way and you got to do it this way because by no means do I believe that you know so I think everyone just has to look within and really see what's in alignment with them and who they are and and what, what is their next impulse? Like, what is their next question? What is their next step? What is the next thing that they want, crave, answered in their life? And just follow that, follow that next step and that next impulse. And I, I've learned to believe in that. I've learned to trust in that. I've learned to trust in the intuition of our own body, mind, spirit complex, knowing, knowing how what it needs to thrive.
0: Nice. And I, I think that's great counsel because, I mean, I, I I totally agree. Nobody can tell you your answers. We like to have somebody do it because we don't like the answers we're getting when we ask ourselves, and so we're like, I hope somebody else will tell me what to do with my life. But that's not a powerful position to live your life from. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. You've got to go within. You've got to find your own discernment and take those steps. And. So I want to ask you because one of the things that that our listeners love about the show is our our guests are so very generous in sharing their own personal stories in partnership. And what I'd love to have you share with us is a time in your life when you kind of tripped up in a partnership. Maybe you know, just give us a brief overview of what were you doing, what did you trip on, and you know, ultimately, what did you learn from that experience that has helped you move forward in partnership. (laughs)
1: so um, now I have to prove that I was a disaster. I can definitely prove it. (laughs) But I mean, for me, it happened over a series of relationships. It wasn't just like the one relationship for me in, you know, in my early twenties and early thirties, I just kept dating the same kind of people. And there was two kinds of patterns. Either I was dating men who were what we would call emotionally unavailable, but that was really men who I let's just call them. They were not healthy men. And I didn't know how to tell because the model that I had in my head and mind and heart about what love is and what a man is. Wasn't the one that was the healthy version. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was the unhealthy version. That's just what I had in my head of what, what it should look like. And, And the other kind of men that I attracted were men who were, um, you know, Pat Allen talks about this. She talks about the masculine and feminine and the polarities. And so I tended to attract what I, what, you know, she would call like more, more feminine people, more feminine people that were in, in, in in like male bodies. And for me, I did that because I, you know, and I would blame them and I would point the finger and be like, you're such a loser. But really what it was, was that I never wanted to be vulnerable because being vulnerable would mean that I could get hurt again. And so I attracted people that I felt that I could control or I attracted people that I felt that I was kind of like the top dog and I didn't need them. They needed me. And so as long as that pattern was happening, I never could have a real partnership because it wasn't a partnership. It was a dictatorship. (laughs) And I continue that pattern thinking that that's what love was and thinking that the more control you had on in a relationship, the better off you were. And, you know, it came off to, it came to a certain point where I realized that those relationships, there, there was, not just the like emotional and mental consequences of not being fulfilled and not feeling met and not having the female male polarity that my my deep feminine was really craving but also there was like an incestuous nature to them like the energy was so like there was a disgust about it that came around that really had to do with like that it that it was like i was just being a mother figure to these men and i was being i was being in my masculine and 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 in a way, it was like demeaning and emasculating and disempowering to them, and yet I would like blame them for being what's the you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that was a disastrous um pattern that I was caught in, and you know, I see a lot of women unconsciously playing out similar similar patterns with men and it, it happens and you know I, there's a lot of reasons for it there's our culture there's what our culture talk says about men and who men are there's what we've learned to assert for ourselves as women as part of the feminist movement I mean there's just so many ingredients in it but yeah that's what it was for me and it took really one day committing that I was not going to recreate that, that I was going to do whatever it took. And I really committed. I mean, I really committed in my heart now to do whatever it takes to change that pattern. And I met my husband about three weeks later. So I made a commitment and I met him about three weeks later. And I literally, because of how I had been dating and the pattern that I had been in, like I literally, he probably like laughed if he heard me say this, but I cried like, most of the first three months we were dating because not, and because he was amazing and because I committed to be vulnerable and I committed to let the connection be on his terms and my terms, not just on my terms. And I had, you know, given up being the dictator and I had given up being the emasculator and I had given up being the mother figure. And so connecting with him in that way, oh my God, it felt so vulnerable and so scary, but I did it. And that is the reason why we have a partnership.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's such a great example. And it's so so common in our world, right, is all these ideas, again, misinformation about how you have to control things and you got to have the power in the relationship or else you're at risk. And I often Mm -hmm. tell people, I'm like, you know, we've been spelling the word love wrong for centuries. Because it actually should be spelled R-I-S-K. You can't have one without the other. It's impossible. But we have this myth that if I just lock it down and there's no risk whatsoever, then I'll be loved. That's the opposite of love. Yes. That's not freedom. That's not flow. That's not love. That's not creativity. That's confinement. You are putting yourself in a prison. And it's a prison built out of fear. And yeah, I heard a, a great analogy, motto. Um, somebody shared the story that um, Harry Houdini, whatever, 100 years ago, whenever he was doing his thing, always trying to escape from stuff, he had challenged anybody to, you know, put him in a, a jail cell he couldn't escape because he was known for escaping from these prisons that were impenetrable, and he'd get out. And so this one guy, this one head of a prison said, we'll do it. And they stuck him in the, the cell and... You know, Houdini does his thing, and whatever he was, you know, trying to make happen. However, he did it. Pulled out his little pick, or whatever he did to to undo the locks. And he's working on, it and working on. It. He can't get out. He can't get out. He can't get it to unlock. He's freaking out. And finally, he, you know, he gives up. He admits he he can't do it. And the guy, the warden, comes by and just opens the door. He never locked it. Oh my gosh! Because he assumed he was locked in he thought he had to do all this stuff to get out when really he could have just walked out anytime he wanted to and that's what we do we assume um, there's this big battle going on and oh my gosh it's confrontational and there i mean seriously do you think the people that you're interested in that that are you're wanting to be in partnership with with their goal is to hurt you and yet you're constantly on right. guard that's not healthy that's not healthy for anybody right so it's right. such a great example that you gave of you know you had to own the fact that yeah i'm I'm creating this. I'm being the dictator. I'm being the controller. I'm emasculating. I'm being the mother figure. I'm doing all these things, none of which are what I want in my relationship. Exactly. And we always are going to attract who we are. So what a great example of you know what we trip on and we don't even realize it because culturally, we're hearing that's what you're supposed to do. But culturally, let's look at this. How well are we doing in relationships? The majority of of marriages end in divorce, so our cultural norms clearly are not serving us. And that's what happens is everybody's following that, or they're going into a relationship they already know they shouldn't be in, and they get married anyhow. So this is so powerful, what you just shared. So I want to ask you, we're going to kind of flip the tables here, what's a time in your life I call it a a proud moment of partnership. One of these times where, you know, it could be romantic, but it could also be family, career, whatever else. But when you think about it and you look back on it, you you like, you can't help yourself. You just smile and you're like, that was the coolest thing ever. Like, what's one of those for you, Amelia?
1: Thank you for asking that. Um, I'd love to share this moment. You know, it's, it's just a beautiful thing to get to really share from my heart and and i want to share this moment pertaining to partnership which happened with me and my now husband and what what happened is we had been we went for a bike ride and we went out to eat and then we were in the car and we were saying good night and i started to and i didn't know this at the time that i was doing it but i started to sabotage the connection cuz it was going so well And what I proceeded to do, and I didn't know I was sabotaging. I just thought I was communicating. That was my word for everything. Well, I'm just communicating. I'm just expressing myself. (laughs) Um, I started to proceed to tell him things like that to him, to me, I thought I was expressing myself. But to him, it all came out sounding, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough this is wrong with you, this is wrong with you, and this is wrong with you, and I remember that moment because it was so powerful in that, like, I was doing my self-centered, self-expressing, and I started to notice, like, the 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 air deflate, like, he, he seemed smaller, and he seemed, um, like sunken and it just was like, I could like feel the color drain from his face. It was just such a visceral experience for me. And my normal instinct would have been to inwardly gloat and be like, oh good, I got control, right? Like to have this sense of like satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And I I remember in that moment with him, be- I think because I had vowed and committed and because of who he is, he's amazing. I, rather than move along my normal life and just assume that I had won and all was good, I noticed. Like, I noticed the effects of what I had done. I could see it. And yet, I was still so blind that still in my head, it was incredulous that all I was doing was expressing myself and why was he reacting this way? I was still telling myself the story that, you know, there, I didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. But I could see it. And I, in this one moment, I decided not to walk away from it and not to assume that I had won, even though I was in the dark. And I had the courage to stay with it, which was incredibly difficult. And I had the courage to face what i had just caused but also he had the courage to to face what i had just caused and say to me like you know i just i feel like he basically was like i just feel like a piece of shit like mm-hmm. this is how i like nothing's good enough it'll never be good enough and he's like i you know and he was just like i could just see it like he was in so much pain and I remember taking a deep breath and just reminding myself that this is the re, like, this is what I had vowed to walk away from. And I could no longer just pretend that this behavior was, was okay. Like it, it, it clearly wasn't okay, but I never really let myself feel it before, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember in that moment, I, I I am proud of what I did cuz what I did was I said I'm so sorry for everything that I said I'm so sorry I I'm so sorry I'm sure it's not your fault and I think it's just me living through my insecurities Like I had the courage to say that to him and he had the courage to let me say that to him rather than just like slam the car door and drive away, which is what many people probably would have done and he had every right to do and he would have been completely validated in doing that. And now I can see it from where I'm standing, but at the time this was a normal thing I always did that made me feel good, that Mm -hmm. affirmed my sense of superiority and you know, my dictatorship, my my subconscious hidden dictatorship that I was always pulling on people, you know? And so, yeah, I'm proud of that moment because in that moment I didn't walk away from it. I didn't, um, it's almost like I didn't choose the the high or the, or the drug. I chose the, the truth. And, and, and that was, that was pivotal. That was pivotal because that wasn't the last time that happened. Like, I'll be totally honest. It happened again, but every time it happened, After that, I could catch it sooner and I would stop myself sooner. And because I'm human, you know, now it's 10 years into our relationship. And yeah, it's true. It's been a long time. I I don't remember how long, you know, it's probably been years. Maybe, I don't know. We'll have to see. Maybe I've done it. I don't know. But I I think like now it's something that just, it doesn't occur to me. It doesn't come naturally Mm -hmm. to do. It's something that I don't Um that I might I might resort to that resource if I'm, like, extremely upset and, like, in a really freaking out situation. But I just don't go there anymore. It's just... It's it's not... It's, it doesn't serve anyone. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad about that. But, I mean, I just want to also say, like, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that I never mess up or I never, like, emasculate. You know, I, I just... What I'm saying is I'm... Because I'm so committed to truth and to love and to partnership, I, I I think that commitment gives me the wings and the courage to be willing to face the truth in my own harmful behaviors.
0: Amelia, I, I, I think that's so so powerful what you just shared. And you know it's it's interesting because your your comment about you know, you chose not to just get the high of feeling like you were in power again and face the uncomfortability of owning that you just created a train wreck right there in the car. (laughs) And you're like, exactly, oh my gosh, and I realize I do this and it's a pattern of mine and it will never get me to my goal. And that's the key is owning that I mean, I guess technically, maybe if you, you know, could possibly date every man on the planet, you might find one that would tolerate that, but it's not going to happen. And if you want to get to your goal of partnership, you've got to own your part in that. And, you know, it's such an interesting thing, what you just shared of. Yeah, he had a choice, too. Right. Like you said, he could have been like out of here. Bye. But he stayed present and you both went hmm, what's this about? And it's going to happen again because we are human and because this is your default. That, at that point, was your baseline operating system. Whenever there's something that feels out of sorts, I attack, I get my power back, and then I feel better about myself. Right. And it had nothing to do with partnership. It was totally instinct, which has nothing to do with partnership. So you're like, I really don't care about them. I want to feel like I'm I'm powerful again. Yes. Even though your goal was not to get rid of that person, but that's how much of a driver it was for you. Exactly. I mean, Mm -hmm. I hear this from women every day of, you know, I don't want to give up my power. I'm afraid of the, you know, and they don't use those words because that's, they're not even conscious that that's what they're doing. But the most powerful position to be is to be in partnership. Partnership takes you to a different level. You can't get to by yourself your abilities, your powers, your experiences are exponentially greater in partnership than outside of it. And that's why we're driven to it. That's why we have a deep-seated desire for partnership. But we have this fear that's been taught to us of, oh, yeah, but you'll lose your power. No, you will gain power you never even knew was possible. Things that used to seem impossible will seem like a no-brainer now. Things that were out of reach are now very attainable. Why? Because you're in partnership. So it's a totally different experience. And you gave a great example of it isn't necessarily a smooth ride. And it doesn't take, oh, I did it once and everything's good. You're going to have to keep doing it and building this muscle because you spent years building the other one, building the muscle that's holding I... you back, building the muscle that's severing your connection with people. So beautiful example of that. Thank you for being open about that. And I, Thank you. We've gotten to a part of the show that that – I call it bring it all home. So what we're going to do now is we're going to step away from the stories and just leave the listeners with some very simple, you know, one-off type of guidance that they can take with them and apply it right away. And the first thing I wanted to ask you is, what's the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received from somebody else?
1: Um, I think there's so many, but basically it's this. You know, a lot of times I talk about, in my work, I talk about reciprocity. Mm -hmm. You know, like people say, well, what's a reciprocal relationship? I want a healthy reciprocal relationship. I don't want it to go one way. And almost all of the time, we think that we're the ones that are being reciprocal and the other person isn't, but actually we're not. (laughs) Like we're not being reciprocal in that we're not receiving help from them and and that is like 9 times out of 10 it's that's the issue is that it, we're not being vulnerable we're not being honest we're not being willing to receive we're not willing to receive we're not willing to give quality information about what we need we're not willing to take the space that we need as in setting a boundary around something you know i need more time for this i need more for this emotional, mental, physical, whatever it is. And then we point the finger at the other person. And so I think my biggest thing is, is that partnership takes vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You, you can't have a partnership without vulnerability.
0: Absolutely. And I want to ask you something. So when you said vulnerability, I think a lot of people perceive that as me being weak. What yes. do you mean when you say you know, vulnerability?
1: Well, it is a feeling of being exposed, certainly. Mm-hmm. And it is a feeling of possibly being open to hurt. And you could even describe it as a feeling of being not being on guard. Um I could go further and say putting the sword down, not being in your warrior, not being in a fighting stance, not protecting anything. I mean, there's many ways to describe it. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I've gone and described those, none of those those are weak things to do.
0: Well, that's what I was just going to say. You didn't say weak in there at all. And yet that's what I hear most often from women is, I don't want to be weak. And I'm like, where did you get weak? Where did weak come from? That's not weak.
1: It's not weak. Mm-hmm. It's, vulnerability is not weak. It's courageous.
0: Exactly. Well said. Well said. So let me ask you this then. Like, if you could recommend just one book or resource for our listeners, what would that one be and why?
1: Well, it would depend on what I'm recommending the book for. Like, are we talking about women who want to have partnership with men? Sure. I would recommend allison's Armstrong making sense of men because it is so it's like the man i call it the Manglish dictionary I give it to all my students, all my clients, and it is just a huge eye opener that like it's just the biggest bang for the buck I know in opening the opening this world that we don't see about men
0: mm-hmm. That's a great recommendation. recommendation. And, you know, I would I would add to that, Amelia, is so that's the first thing I got exposed to of of Allison's work. And. Honestly, I knew myself better as a man having read it. And what Mm. I mean by that is I read this and I was like, you know, yeah, that's exactly what we do. But I'd never thought about it that way. Right. Because she dissects things. And for me, it was just natural, automatic, never thought twice about it. But when I could understand it, then be like, "Oh yeah, that is what motivates that. Oh yeah, that is what's behind that." And so, the thing I would mention to to our listeners is, yes, great resource. Absolutely read that book. Share it with the men in your life. They will be like, "This is crazy good." I've never met a guy I've given that to that hasn't been like, "This is this is amazing." So even though it's called oh, wow. making sense cool. of men it helps men make sense of themselves and in turn they learn more about you cuz it's contrasting those two you know masculine and feminine so yeah it's a it's a tremendous resource for everyone so thank you for that well yes my pleasure yeah and you know we're at the end of the show i want to make sure our listeners know how they can get a hold of you and find out more about what you do how would they do that amelia
1: well i would love to give everyone a what I call a sacred love activation miracle. And I call it a miracle because it's a quick vibrational healing, mm-hmm. sound healing and um, meditation. So that you can get at www.woman single woman, women worthy of love, women worthy of love.com slash activation. So it's the Sacred Love Activation Meditation. And in general, if you go to womanworthyoflove.com, single woman, womanworthyoflove.com, you can find all kinds of goodies about me. Testimonials, blogs, information about who I serve, what exactly I do, and more about me, my bio, things like that.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. And... For anybody who didn't catch that in live time and you didn't get everything written down, don't worry about it. You simply go to speakingofpartnership.com, type in Amelia's name, and you'll go straight to her show page, and we will have all those links there. So it's really easy for you to get a hold of that free gift. Thank you, Amelia, for offering that. So Yes,
1: I, my pleasure.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I really appreciate you being open and, and sharing these stories and experiences that you went through. I, I've, I've definitely learned a lot. I know our listeners have, too. Thank you again for being on the show today.
1: Yes, my absolute pleasure. And I, if I could just say in closing, partnership is, I call it sacred partnership. Because like you said, Ken, it's a synergy. It's a synergy. It's not just a symbiosis. It's not one plus one, it's two. It's like one plus one is 2,222 to the nth. So so I just, I encourage us all to seek that genuinely and courageously and and with all our hearts because it is it is it is really 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 worth it
0: there you go folks you got your marching orders beautiful thanks amelia
1: (laughs) my pleasure
0: bye now thank you for listening to speaking of partnership head over to speaking of com for links and recaps of every show and so much more Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.